Welcome to you wherever you are at, whomever you're with. We are so very glad that you are here with us for these few moments this weekend. I do want to give a special shout out to uh, some friends and family who are watching uh, in Salem, Oregon. Uh, Mom, uh, I know you're watching. I love you and uh, appreciate you so much. And uh, thank you for being a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. Well, uh, before we jump into our teaching, I do want to remind you of uh, this great resource called the Version. It's an absolutely free app that you can download on your phone or your device. All kinds of reading translations of the Bible, reading plans, video clips, and a complete set of notes for this weekend's message. If you simply look under events, search for Arlington FM Church. Also want to say uh, all of our teaching content is in podcast form. When you're in your podcast player, just search for Arlington FM Church, and uh, there you will find all of our teaching series content. Uh, well, uh, as we jump into a new series this morning, I want to ask you a few questions, kind of get the, the wheels turning in your brain. Uh, and uh, these questions, you can go back to, take a screenshot later on, rewatch this message uh, on our website. But uh, here you go. Uh, in your mind, make a list of things that you own. Uh, this would be your stuff. Start from the greatest value and work from there. Uh, and then here's the question. What are the top three things? on your list of stuff, uh, things you own. Uh, number two, make a list of priorities you live by. And, and again, start with the ones that matter the most. Work your list from there. What are the three top priorities uh, on your list? Uh, number three, make a list of activities you enjoy, things that bring happiness into your life. Start with the ones that add the most to your life. Work your list from there. What are the three top activities on your list? And number four, make a list of challenges that you face. Start with the most difficult. Work your list from there. What are the top three on your list? So you've got uh, the things that you own, your stuff, uh, the priorities you live by, your values, uh, the activities that you enjoy, your hobbies, and uh, the challenges that you face, your difficulties. And uh, we'll come back to those at the end of our message today. But I do want to introduce to you a brand new series. It's called Disciple. Be one, make one. And uh, I want to acknowledge this. Disciple may not be a word you're real familiar with. Uh, I don't think it's the most used word of 2022. Uh, but to begin to unpack uh, what this rich uh, word means in, in a biblical sense, uh, a disciple is primarily a student, a learner. Uh, the call to be a disciple uh, of Jesus Christ is really the call to be a student and to become a lifelong learner. You know, uh, without even uh, having faith, uh, sociologists are, are beginning to identify more and more that uh, one of the keys to a quality life in our old age is that we've decided to be a lifelong learner. We don't pretend to be know-it-alls. We realize the joy of discovery and uh, those uh, aha moments when we see things we hadn't seen before. I remember uh, I was in a, one of my very first ministry training classes, and uh, the uh, instructor for the class was introducing a, a new subject, uh, study through the book of Revelation. And uh, one of my peers, one of the guys in the class, was kind of known to be a rock star in youth work. And uh, as the instructor asked a question, 
about this very difficult text, uh, my uh, peer uh, responded. He said, well, we know this, and we know that, and we know this about that. And, uh, you know, it was really uh, reciting his knowledge, his deep knowledge of the subject. And the instructor stopped him, and he says, well, the truth is, we don't know any of those things. And to assume that we do is dangerous. And uh, I could see the lights kind of coming on in my friend as he realized uh, that part of being a student is to be a learner of new things that uh, we don't know at all when we come uh, into uh, that environment. That's especially true of a disciple of Jesus Christ. But uh, when you look back uh, to how Jesus used the term, my disciple, it had more to do than just being a learner uh, someone who acquired knowledge. It uh, also had to do with being a doer. And uh, in this sense, you might uh, think uh, of an apprentice or a recruit, that a disciple is someone who uh, becomes adept at a new occupation. Uh, so it's a learner, a student, and it's also a doer, uh, someone who becomes skilled at a new occupation. You know, uh, you ever play the mindless game called Would You Rather? I, I was thinking about that. You'd have to be quite bored to be entertained by a game like Would You Rather? Uh, but you would uh, pose uh, two possibilities. Uh, would you rather be poked in the eye with a stick or touch a hot iron? And uh, you had to choose between the two. And maybe to flip it on a positive note, would you rather win the lottery or be healthy? in your old age, and again, you have to choose between the two. Well, here's a would you rather about being a disciple. Would you rather believe in Jesus and receive salvation, or would you rather follow Jesus and experience transformation? Uh, here are those two alternatives. Would you rather believe in Jesus and receive salvation, or would you rather follow Jesus and experience transformation? Well, the truth of the matter is, uh, in this game of would you rather, you have to choose both. Uh, in fact, being a disciple uh, begins with receiving salvation from Jesus, and, it, it, and then it, it, it continues uh, as we experience transformation. In fact, uh, here's what we know to be true about being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Uh, it is someone who receives salvation from him, as a free gift of God's grace and mercy. It is someone who experiences transformation. Their lives are being retooled, reworked. Their values, their priorities, their characters are, are all being entirely transformed in order to become someone who participates in this new occupation or vocation. Uh, in fact, uh, we'll go back to the very first call of Jesus Christ when he invited people to follow him, to be born again. Uh, you see, these uh, words weren't coined by Billy Graham. Uh, they came from the mouth of Jesus, and here was the initial call for people uh, to follow him. And he said it like this in Mark uh, chapter 1, verse 17, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Uh, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And see, this invitation uh, has all three of those components. It's to receive salvation from Jesus, to experience transformation 
uh, by his working in us, and it's to participate with him in his occupation of reaching people. And he uses an interesting term, follow me, and you'll become fishers of people. Uh, here's the way I would describe this occupation uh, of fishing for people. Uh, followers of Jesus who are being transformed, trained, and equipped, uh, being transformed, trained, and equipped in order to bring God to people and to bring people to God. This is the essence of becoming, uh, following Jesus and becoming fishers of people is we're being changed, we're being trained, we're being equipped uh, to be absolutely capable of bringing God to people who, who don't know God, who don't experience God, and that uh, we're able to uh, bring those people into a relationship with their Heavenly Father. Uh, you know, this is, this is what being Christian is. This is not just a, uh, a subset of uh, activities for uh, some uh, members of the church. Uh, this is the essence of being a Christ follower, uh, to be uh, recipients of salvation, experiencers of transformation, and participants in a new vocation. You know, um, here's the key uh, to this series. Uh, when we catch what it is Jesus is inviting us into, what he's calling us uh, to be a part of, uh, when we really catch it, we'll see that there's no better life uh, than what he's calling us into. And uh, it's an invitation to go all in on God's plan and purpose for our lives. Uh, you know, it's, um, I've discovered that when we allow uh, Jesus to come into the center of our stuff, and to begin to change our lives and reorient our values and shape us into his character, and we become uh, fully trained and equipped to participate with him in bringing God to others and others to God, uh, life comes alive. It becomes uh, purposeful in its greatest possible way. Uh, I was thinking of uh, back at, way back in the 1980s. I think this was shortly after the dinosaurs passed away from the face of the earth. Uh, my wife and I purchased uh, what once was a color TV. And uh, here's a picture of this ancient model. And, uh, but when we purchased it, it was no longer a color TV. It only came in black and white. But that was uh, all right with us. We only paid about 30 bucks for the TV. And uh, one, I, I kid you not, uh, one New Year's Day, it was January 1st, I'm watching the Rose Bowl parade, and lo and behold, the picture kind of blinked for a second, and the color came on. And I thought, what in the world? And uh, I was treated to one day of color TV where I watched uh, the Rose Bowl parade, the Rose Bowl, and uh, then the color blinked back to black and white. Well, uh, this is kind of a, a parable of what happens uh, as believers in Jesus Christ when we realize that he's inviting us to participate with him in bringing God to others and bringing others to God. Uh, life goes from black and white to color and uh, we begin to experience God in the fullness that he created for us. Uh, yeah, I love the, the song, uh, a group named One Republic uh, wrote uh, several years ago. It's called Life in Color. And uh, I love these verses. 
They say, oh, well, this is life in color. Today feels like no other. In the darkest days, the sun bursts, clouds break, and whoa, this is life in motion. And that really is a, a good way to express what happens when our eyes are opened and we realize what God is inviting us to participate in, in uh, bringing his life to others. Uh, Jesus said it like this, uh, the one who seeks to save their life will lose it. The one who uh, designs their lives only around themselves, uh, only around their own ambitions, there's a, a frittering away. There's a, a minimizing. Our lives tend to shrink uh, when they're lived only for our own self-interest. And Jesus said that's the way it would always be. But he, he, then he made this promise, and it's really a glimpse into reality the one who loses their life for my sake and the sake of the good news will find it. And see, this is life in color. This is life in motion. When we begin to lose ourselves for the greater purpose of bringing God's life to others, participating with Jesus, the good shepherd who searches for the lost sheep, uh, our lives come alive and we discover uh, our greatest good. Uh, as we uh, journey down this path, the disciple, uh, be one, make one, over the next uh, few weeks, uh, we're going to learn a lot from uh, one who's referred to as a model disciple. You probably are uh, familiar with him. His name's Peter. Uh, he was kind of the spokesperson for the 12. He, he was always the one who was uh, willing to take the risks, willing to fail. And uh, Jesus said of him, upon this rock, upon the kind of faith that Peter demonstrated, he would build his church that God would use people who had that kind of faith uh, to, to carry out his work in the world, to bring others to himself, to make faith come alive in many. Well, today, we're going to look at the original call that came to Peter. And uh, we'll return to this in subsequent weeks, uh, but just begin to uh, get an idea of the kind of transformation that happened for one man, uh, who was around Jesus? In fact, in Luke chapter 4, uh, when Jesus' ministry was just really beginning to take off, crowds were beginning to follow him. The word was getting out that uh, he taught amazing things. He had authority to liberate people. He was healing people of all kinds of sickness. And we're told at the end of Luke 4 that uh, Jesus left the synagogue, and he actually went to Peter's house. So he knew who Peter was. Peter knew who Jesus was. But in chapter 5, there's a transition. And uh, I'm praying that over these next ensuing weeks, in fact, even today, that that transition will happen for many of you, uh, that we'll go from being around Jesus to being at the center of what Jesus is doing in the world today. Uh, here's how it reads, Luke chapter 5, verse 1. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him. They were listening to the word of God. Uh, the crowds, the multitudes were growing. And uh, he, he saw at the water's edge two boats. Uh, they were left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. They were uh, done with their work uh, for the, the uh, day. Uh, and uh, Jesus got into one of the boats. And lo and behold, the one belonging to Simon is the one he got in. Uh, Simon, also known as Peter. And he asked him to put out a little from shore. And then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. And uh, here's, a, here's a think about it question. 
When Jesus noticed those two boats, uh, do you think he knew that one of them belonged to Peter? Uh, do you think he knew uh, that uh, things were about to change in, in Simon's life dramatically? Uh, I happen to believe the answer to that question is quite obvious. And in fact, uh, one leading commentator uh, made this uh, observation about Jesus stepping into Peter's boat and teaching the word of God to the multitudes from Peter's boat. Here's what he said. He said, Jesus teaching from the boat binds or joins together the activities of Jesus and Peter. Now, I, I think that's a grand understatement. Jesus teaching from the boat, from Peter's boat, binds together his activities with Peter's life. That is a significant transition, and it's one that God wants to do in our lives, where uh, Jesus steps into our world, uh, not just into church or into some religious setting, but he steps into the center of our business, our activities, our pursuits, our values, our priorities, and uh, he wants to bind uh, his work, what God sent him to do, he wants to bind that, uh, tie it together, weave it in to the very fabric of our lives. Um, you know, an openness uh, to letting him do that, uh, a, a decision. You know, Peter could have said, uh, not in my boat, uh, but he didn't. He allowed uh, Jesus to step into his boat. That kind of openness is where becoming a disciple, where uh the work of transformation and the equipping of participating with Jesus in the work that he came to do, it begins right here. It begins when we let him in uh, to our lives as they really, really are. And uh, I would say it like this. It's a willingness to say, Jesus, uh, you can use me to reach people. You can use what matters most to me to accomplish what matters most to you. Uh, think about that invitation, and, and to take that seriously is to give uh, the living Christ an open door uh, behind the scenes uh, into uh, our personal business and our personal stuff and our activities. And uh, as I mentioned, when we realize uh, this is what makes color come on in our lives, this is what sets our lives in motion uh, and it's more than just, uh, Lord, you have permission. It's, uh, Lord, more than anything else, this is what I want. I want you, you to use who I am and what I'm about to accomplish your greater purposes, your dreams, and your desires. You know, I think uh, the Bible calls that worship. When we truly do, uh, in an authentic way, uh, offer everything that we are, and invite God to come and invade that with his plans and his purposes. Well, uh, Jesus does. We're told that uh, after he had finished his message, whatever it was he was sharing with the crowds, uh, when he had finished speaking, uh, he turned to Simon and he said, put into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Well, uh, there's a catch in Jesus's request. And Simon answered, he said, Master, we've worked hard all night, and we haven't caught a thing. Apparently, they were working the night shift, and uh, they'd been out all night long and didn't catch a single fish. Uh, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. Now, uh, this is really the beginning 
of the transformation for Peter. Uh, he's he's going to be confronted that his best efforts don't quite get it done, that uh, his way of looking at success and failure isn't really the final uh, perspective. He's going to learn a whole new uh, idea about what it means to uh, align with and cooperate with Jesus Christ and what he is doing in the world. And I think so often we uh, prematurely reach our conclusions about what can God, what God can do in us and through us. Uh, we have these false uh, limitations, and uh, we think we know the score quite well. We fished all night. There's nothing in there. And uh, it reminded me of a, a fishing excursion I went on once. Uh, I was with a friend in a, a rubber raft. We we're on a beautiful mountain lake setting called Clear Lake. And uh, we were not catching a thing, but we, we were sure having a good time hoping. It reminded me of the old saying, you know, when someone says, how's the fishing? And we would say, well, uh, fishing's great. It's the catching that's not going so well. Well, that was our experience and uh, we had our lines in the water, and lo and behold, a scuba diver came up out of the water underneath our boat, and we were like, what in the world? Where'd this guy come from? And uh, he lifted up his mask, and he gurgled out these words, there are no fish in there. And we thought, great. Well, at least before you showed up, we had hope, uh, but he informed us of the facts as he saw them. There's no fish down there. Well, Peter is essentially uh, making that announcement to Jesus. Uh, he's called to put his boat out into deep water, let down his nets for a catch. And Peter's best assessment is, there's no fish down there. Uh, but because, Jesus, you've said so, uh, I will go ahead and do it. You know, uh, think about the setting here. There's a, there's a multitude of people watching, uh, listening to Jesus intently, and all of a sudden, he kind of wraps up what he's sharing with them. I had to wonder, what was he talking to those people about? Maybe it was something like, with God, all things are possible. The things that are impossible for people are quite doable for God. He's a God of abundance, a God of generosity. Bring him a little, he'll make it a lot. And uh, whatever it was he was teaching, he turns to Peter, he says, put out, let down your nets. And, you know, they say that the greatest fear that humans have is uh, public speaking, even more so than death. And, and I gotta wonder, why is that? You know, nobody likes to be made to look foolish in front of others. Well, here there's a great crowd of people, probably everyone Peter ever knew, uh, had assembled on the shore to listen to Jesus. And uh, now he's being told to go out and start fishing again after a whole night. and. Uh, you got to know that he's thinking, uh, this really looks dumb. But because you say so, Lord, I'm going to do it. And uh, he does. He responds. Uh, he respects and uh, obeys the command, the, the instruction of Christ. And uh, here's what happened. It says, when they had done so, when they listened to what Jesus said and let down their nets, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets begin to break. This is unprecedented. Uh, they'd fished all night, and all of a sudden now their nets are so full of fish they begin to break. So they signaled to their partners to bring the other boat and to come and help them. And they came and they filled both boats so full that they both began to sink. This is a cataclysmic 
miracle of gigantic proportions. And uh, Peter is beginning to learn something about participating in the work of God, uh, that God's uh, ability uh, to use our humble lives goes beyond anything we could possibly imagine. God is not limited uh, by our uh, calculations. He's not limited uh, by our limitations. God is absolutely unlimited. And Jesus is wanting Peter, as he calls him, to this new occupation of, of being transformed and trained and equipped to bring God to others and to bring others to God is that he wants to open his eyes that God uh, is not hindered by the things that we might think uh, would limit his ability to work. I, I heard a story this week that was absolutely amazing in terms of how uh, it, it, it replicates this miracle of the fish that happened here. Uh, I was surprised I'd never heard of this woman before. Her name's Jamie Kern Lima. Uh, she's actually a, a Wazoo grad, uh, go Cougs. But uh, her life story is pretty amazing. Uh, she talks about in her early years how she bagged groceries at a local market. She waited on tables at Denny's. Uh, but shortly after she graduated from WSU, uh, she obtained her dream job as a news anchor in a small town a television station. And, uh, but she had a problem. As she would uh, be doing the news, uh, she had this skin condition where her, her skin would break out in large red welts, as you'll see in the uh, photo in the upper right-hand corner there. And uh, in between uh, newscasts, the cameraman would say, hey, there's something on your face. You need to brush it off. Uh, the makeup people would come out and try to cover up uh, these blemishes that were showing up on her skin. And uh, it was an extremely painful time in her life. But she began to realize that maybe uh, being an anchorwoman wasn't really the core uh, vocational desire of her heart. Uh, she began to identify that she wanted something different. And, and as she put her finger on that, she thought what she really wanted to do was to uh, change the, the beauty industry. And she wanted to develop a cosmetic line that sent a different message. Uh, she said that as she grew up, she enjoyed watching cosmetic commercials, but when they were over, she always felt shamed. And it was her desire to start a, a beauty line uh, that would not have the message that you are not enough, but rather carry the message uh, you're beautiful in all your uniqueness, with your imperfect skin, whatever your body type is. And uh, so she began to act on that crazy idea of starting a new cosmetic line. She developed a, a few products uh, that were actually uh, healthy to put on your skin. And uh, she shares uh, one episode where she spoke with a potential investor. And this uh, was a very deep pockets uh, executive. And they had numerous meetings. They researched her product and uh, her, uh, her why, her philosophy of approach to uh, uh, carry a better message rather than the standard message, uh, you're not enough as you are the message would be you're beautiful as you are and our products can enhance that beauty. And uh, as this investor sat with her, he said he commended her. He said, great product, great vision. However, we're not gonna invest in you. And uh, she said, may I ask why? And uh, he said, well, how honest do you want me to be? 
And she said, well, be very honest. I want to learn from this. Uh, why did you say no? And his answer was, well, we just don't think a cosmetic line would sell with someone like yourself, uh, with your body type and weight. And uh, ouch uh, is what she felt. And she said as uh, she thanked him for his input, uh, but she said something happened uh, deep within her as she heard that no in the explanation, uh, there was something deeper inside of her. She later identifies it as the still small voice of God. And she said, uh, though this executive was saying no, deep in her heart, this voice was saying, uh, it was a knowing that this is indeed what she was called to. Uh, this was uh, her expression of being a disciple who would follow Jesus and uh, be trained and equipped and transformed and learn how to bring his life to others. And uh, she felt like Jesus wanted her to stay the course. And she did. Uh, she continued, uh, as her story unfolds, she shares hundreds of no's as she continued on with this, knowing that God had called her to impact the beauty industry with a different message, rather than you're not enough to proclaim that you're beautiful. And uh, so, uh, long story shortened, uh, by 2015, this former grocery bagger, Denny's waitress, Wazoo grad, small town anchor woman, uh, that year her cosmetic line had $182 million in net sales. And in 2016, uh, her beauty line was acquired by global giant L'Oreal for $1.2 billion dollars. And uh, she became the first female executive of that company. And I think that's a marvelous story uh, of someone who uniquely decided that their greatest good would be in following that still small voice and becoming someone who could bring life to others in a very unique way. Well, uh, as Peter uh, saw this miracle of uh, crazy abundance uh, happening within his boat and the boat of his partners. Uh, here was his reaction. We're told when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and he said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. See, what Jesus, uh, what Peter was seeing here is the holiness, the limitless uh, ability of a generous and uh, creator God in his stuff. And Peter said, these don't really line up, Lord. Uh, I'm an inconsistent man. I'm twisted. I've got mixed motives. I've got things in me that surely God doesn't approve of. Uh, for he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee and Simon's partner. And uh, we'll come back to this in ensuing weeks. But I do have to say this. Uh, I think that... Uh, Peter's reaction is a reaction we all need to embrace. Uh, we all need to admit and acknowledge uh, there are things about our lives that are inconsistent with an all-powerful, all-giving, loving God who would want to bring his power and his life to others. There's something in us that says, uh, I'm probably not the right candidate for that. You know, I, I think I'm more comfortable hearing no than I am knowing that this is how God 
wants to use me in the world. You know, uh, many of God's servants throughout the Bible had this experience of Peter's, uh, where when they uh, caught an idea of how God wanted to use them and bring his life through them, they recoiled, they stepped back. Uh, they said, Lord, uh, I think maybe you got the wrong person. And uh, the, the beauty of the call of Jesus is uh, it, it doesn't pay attention to those disqualifiers. In fact, he makes us qualified to be used for his greatest good. And so uh, here was the reaction of Christ to Peter. Uh, he said, uh, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. And so they pulled up their boats on the shore. They left everything, and they followed him. And see, uh, this is uh, really the aim of this series, is that uh, we would learn to see beyond uh, our limitations, that we would learn to see beyond even our own history and our own experience and, and the things in our lives that, that we would think disqualify us from being used by Christ in a mighty way to bring his life to others and bring others into relationship with God. In fact, I would say this, what we've described here this morning is what it means to be Christian. It is the essence of what Jesus came to earth to do, to call people to experience salvation, to participate with him and to experience incredible transformation to where we become the kinds of people that God can do any and anything that he would like to do through us. I'd like to invite you to join me uh, in a prayer. Uh, Father, we want to thank you uh, for what you're doing in the world right now. You know, we could uh, look at so many negative things, uh, but we believe that uh, through all those things, uh, you're reaching people with your love, uh, you're reminding people uh, that they are uh, valued in your sight, that you have plans and purposes for them. And we want to thank you, Jesus, for what you said. Uh, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And Lord, thank you uh, that as we open uh, your word and look at what it means to be a disciple, and to be someone who receives salvation, experiences transformation, and it becomes fully equipped to participate in a new occupation. Uh, Lord, thank you that that call to follow you and become fishers of people is as real today as it ever was. And we just simply uh, open ourselves to you, Lord. Uh, maybe as you're hearing these words, you're thinking, you know, uh, you describe Peter as knowing about Jesus, but now uh, Jesus is stepping into the center of his life, and into his activities into what he values, and that's where uh, discipleship really begins. And uh, as you're hearing that, you're thinking, you know, I think that's a transition I need to make uh, from knowing about Jesus to allowing him to take front and center uh, in my boat. And uh, if that's what you're feeling, I'd like to help you express that uh, with a simple prayer. You would just say, Lord Jesus, uh, I recognize that you've come to do something in me that's greater than anything uh, I would construe for myself. I want to open up to that. I want to be like that old TV, Lord, that goes from black and white uh, to becoming uh, fully alive. Let your color, Lord, begin to flood into my life as I open it up to you. 
And so Jesus come in and uh, forgive me of my sin. Uh, I, like Peter, uh, there's part of me that says, Lord, depart from me. I'm not who you think I am. And uh, thank you for your assurance, Lord, that nothing can disqualify me from your love. I want to open up to that love. I ask you to uh, remind me that I don't have to be afraid that I can experience you in a very real way. And as I set myself to follow you, and Lord, uh, we just ask, uh, according to your word, that you would send more workers into your harvest field. You said the harvest is plentiful. Uh, the world is full of people who need to experience God who is, a God who is real, God who has made himself known in the person of Jesus Christ, who gave everything so that we could be rejoined to our Father. Lord, the world is full. Our world is full. Our neighborhoods are full of people in that situation. Uh, but you said the workers are few. And so, Lord, uh, we just pray right now that you would use this series uh, to raise up more workers, and that we would be drawn into that miracle interaction with you, God, where nothing is outside the realm of possibility of how you would use our humble lives to accomplish your perfect will. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.